This is the Supernaturally Paid Podcast, where all faith-based entrepreneurs come to get everything that they need about how to thrive in business, how to not worry about money, and how to trust God more than they trust their bank account. I am your host, Raven Hoquette. Let's get into the episode. So I really enjoy talking about money because growing up in, you know, most Black families, unfortunately, that has always been a topic that we kind of sweep, you know, under the table, you know. Nobody really wants to talk about money. Nobody really wants to talk about saving. Nobody really wants to talk about investing. And so because of that, unfortunately, in our community, a lot of times we are lacking in the financial literacy department. So it's something that I'm super passionate about. And so I'm really excited for this video today because I'm going to be sharing with you guys the money tips that I wish that I knew before I was 30. Now, let me first give y'all a little bit of insight into why this video is titled that. It seems that with finances, 30 is kind of like the golden age. I don't know why, but 30 is kind of like the golden age. People feel like you kind of have to have it all together. By the time you're 30, people feel like if you are not a millionaire, by the time you're 30, then you're like a failure and, you know, nothing could be further from the truth. So let's get into the money tips that I wish that I knew before I was 30. So number one, I wish I would have knew that I should be trying to invest as much money as I can as soon as possible. Here's the thing, y'all. I've always been a reader, right? I will go and I will sit with a book. I will listen to a book. I will highlight a book. I'll put all my little post-it notes, you know, up in a book. I'll get in a book club. I'll have a date with my husband at Barnes and Nobles. Like I love to read books, right? So, you know, loving to read books naturally at a very early age, I really wanted to get my hands on more business stuff. I wanted to get my hands on more material about finances, right? And so I remember I read this one book and there was a quote inside of the book and it said, make all you can, give all you can, and save all you can. And I just remember at that time reading it, I think I was like maybe 24, 25, thinking that that was like the best advice ever, right? But not with my little savings account only yielding a 0.000005 interest rate every year. Uh-uh, I need that money to be working for me. I need my money to be making money. So I had to do a little remix to that quote, okay? Make all you can, give all you can, invest all you can. Hello, compound interest is your friend. So that is the biggest thing that I wish that I would have known as soon as I possibly could have learned it. Because when I tell y'all like compound interest is not going to play with you, you need to be investing as quickly as possible. And you want to make sure that you have multiple investment accounts. And let me also just say to you guys, you can define what type of investor you want to be. Everybody thinks, well, what if I lose all my money? What if I do? There are levels to investing. You don't have to be an aggressive investor. Like for example, our son, he's two years old as of the time that I'm recording this video, right? So with his investment accounts, we like to be pretty aggressive, but why can we be aggressive? We can be aggressive because he's a two-year-old. He's not going to need this money tomorrow. His UPMA account, for example, some people say UTMA, I say UPMA, whatever, but his UPMA account, for example, he can't even touch that money until he's 21 years old. So 
We can afford to be aggressive with his investments. We can afford to invest in aggressive stock. We can afford to invest in things that might be a little bit more volatile at this time. But let's say you're watching this video and you're like, you know, 55 years old and you're getting closer to retirement age and you're like, Raven, I hear you, but you know, I'm not really trying to invest, you know, 40% of my income. That's a little bit too risky for me since I want to retire you know, in the next two to three years, you can invest in things that are a little bit more safer. But what I'm just telling you is don't sit around and not invest in anything. Don't sit around and keep your money in a savings account. Don't do that. I'm telling you, when you get just a little bit more risky and you start investing versus saving, compound interest is going to reward you. The first thing I wish I knew before I was 30 is making sure that I was investing as quickly as possible. I'm going to be completely transparent. I didn't really start investing until a couple of years after 30. And given that I know a little bit about finance, given that I study it all the time, my investment accounts look nice, but how much more nicer, you know, would they have looked had I started really investing at 21 or even if I had started investing, you know, a lot younger. So the second thing that I wish that I knew about money by the time that I was 30 I wish that I knew that you really don't have nobody to impress, y'all. Seriously, I know that this is something that we see on social media a lot. You see a lot of quotes that say things like, oh, you're trying to impress people that don't even like you. And, you know, you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that. But seriously, y'all, in my 20s, when I say like I had like the sex in New York on like speed dial, like the guy in the shoe department at Saks in New York, I still have like his personal phone number. He would literally send me, like he knew because I shopped there so much, which brands were my favorite. So when he would get like the new inventory, because I have like really small feet, y'all. I wear like a size like five and a half, sometimes even a five, you know, I'm always between like a five and a six. So people always think, oh, it must be so easy for you to find shoes. And really it's the opposite because they'll only make like, a few of those because there's not many people whose feet are that small. So he would get the inventory and straight up send me a text message like, girl, we just got this, this, that, and we got your size and everything. Feel me, send them. Like, it's like, that's how I would be. Like, I mean, I'm not going to tell y'all how much I used to spend on shopping a month because I just would be crying like by the end of this video when I think about it, especially with what I just talked about when it comes to investing. But y'all, I was doing so much shopping and it wasn't necessarily about trying to impress other people after a while because it was that at first. But after a while, it wasn't so much about trying to impress other people. I really think that sometimes when we're overindulging on shopping, it's really the spirit of poverty popping back up because we feel like I grew up a certain way. You know, I have to look like this. I have to wear this. I have to have on, you know, a designer brand. You know, my T-shirt has to cost $400, even though I could get a T-shirt from Target, you know, for $8. I have to, you know, look a certain type of way. So I wish that I realized not just that I don't have to impress people, but I wish I would have realized that even when I had money, the spirit of poverty was still on me, that the spirit of poverty was still something that could show itself even when you are doing well and, you know, you're making a lot of money in your business or in your career or whatever, you know, it might be that, you know, basically you're doing. So second thing, I wish I knew that that spirit of poverty was still on me slash that I did not have anybody to impress. This episode is brought to you by the God Pays Me Masterclass 
Y'all, this masterclass is everything that faith-based entrepreneurs need that have been struggling with worrying about money and overcoming the spirit of poverty. All you have to do is go to the show notes and hit that link and download it and it will be sent to you instantly. Another thing that I wish that I knew about money uh, by the time I was 30 is I wish I would have known everything that I could invest in for my son. You know, I knew as an adult, oh, I can get, you know, a Roth IRA. I can get all these different things and all these different kinds of investment accounts. Growing up, the thing that I would hear thrown around a lot was I would hear people talking about 529 plans where you can use those funds to invest in college for your children. Right. But here's the thing with the 529 plan. What if my child doesn't want to go to college? Now, you can still take out those funds and use them, you know, for whatever you want. However, if those funds are not used for college or schooling or basically education qualified expenses, there is a huge penalty when you basically take that money out. So me being an entrepreneur, initially, I didn't start like doing a lot of investing for our son right away because I felt like, well, What if he don't want to go to college? I'm like, you know, we're entrepreneurs. He might grow up and say, you know, I want to have this type of business or I want to do this. You know, I want to do that thing over here. I don't want to go, you know, and be in college, Um, especially the way, you know, student loan debt, you know, is kind of looking right now. I don't know what college life is going to be, you know, in the next 15, 17 years by the time he gets to that point in his life where he's making that decision. But as I started to research a little bit more And so what we could really have for him, I realized that we could hire him. And because we could hire him for like taking photos from my paid at home mom campaigns and my husband's whole cat gallery campaigns and things like that, I realized that we could start a Roth IRA for him and he could actually start getting that compound interest. I mean, imagine what your retirement account would look like if you started it at two years old. Imagine that. Then that's when I started to figure out UPMA accounts. So now when people give him monetary gifts for his birthday, oh no, honey, that goes in the UPMA account. Ain't no piggy banks over here. His piggy bank is his UPMA account. His piggy bank are those things that's going to be generating because the piggy bank doesn't give us the compound interest. We need him to be getting some of this compound interest as well. So that is another thing that I wish that I knew before 30. And I only say 30 um, for that age because 30 is how old I was when I got pregnant with him. Another thing that I wish that I knew about money prior to turning 30 is I wish that I knew a lot more about business credit. I started my very first business at 21 years old. So I was very young. I was super wet behind the ears. I didn't have a lot of people in my family, really anybody in my family that was an entrepreneur. And so I didn't have that person to go to and say, hey, how can I start this business and not have to use my own money? You know, I wasn't aware that you could do things to help quickly build up your business credit and then go and get a secured, you know, line of credit from your bank. I wasn't aware that it was little things that you could do, like making 10 deposits, making sure 10 deposits are going in your business account every single month so that you can look more qualified to the bank to get a business line of credit. I didn't know that you could open up a secured credit card under the name of your business and leverage that to basically build business credit. And so because I didn't know that, I was constantly in my 20s when I started my first business going broke, you know, using my own money because I wasn't aware of all of the different resources that pretty much were readily available to me when it had or as far as having to do with business credit. So business credit is definitely something that I wish that I knew about a lot sooner. So last but not least, 
Number five, fifth thing that I wish I knew about money prior to turning 30 is I wish, because I'm going to tell y'all, I knew this, but I ain't listen. So I hope that y'all listen to this when y'all get this advice. I wish that I knew and really took heed to how quickly cars depreciate in value. Because y'all know that second thing that I talked to y'all about trying to impress people. One of the biggest ways that we try to impress people is basically based off of what we drive. And so I remember I was getting ready to turn 25, 2013. And so that was when I finally started getting to a certain level of income in my business. I started making six figures. So I felt like I need to drive the six figure car, right? I need to go and I need to get like a Mercedes. I need to get a BMW. I need to get, you know, I need to get something that says, you know, six figures. I need to get something that says that only takes premium gas. You know, you can't put regular, like this is how I felt about that, right? And so I went and I got my first Mercedes at 24 years old. And then after a couple of years, when I didn't really want the Mercedes anymore, I went and got a Porsche. And I literally at 28, 28 years old, had a Porsche and a Mercedes at the same time. Why do you need a Porsche and a Mercedes at the same time when both of them are regularly depreciating in value? So now, and I still like to drive nice cars. I'm going to, you know, be honest, but I drive them with a different type of mindset. I drive them with a different type of strategy. You know, I, I drive them in my business name. You know, I drive them with a different type of strategy than I'm walking into the dealership and I'm allowing y'all to basically give me a card note that is, you know, whatever numbers, because I'm just so pressed to drive this vehicle. You know, my strategy, I go about it a lot better. And I also think about, you know, other things. What does my tax write-off look like with having this type of vehicle? You know, how would it benefit me to buy this vehicle in my business name versus buying this vehicle, you know, in my personal name? Those are just several things that I wish I really was more understanding about when it comes to cars. Because also, you know, with those nice cars comes like a big maintenance tag. And with my Mercedes, it wasn't so much of a problem because that was one that I bought like super brand new. Like I think when I purchased that, it only had like eight miles on it or something like that. But with my Porsche, that was different. You know, it was a certified pre-owned vehicle. So it did well for a very long time. But after like a couple of years of having it, it felt like I was constantly having to get some sort of service. And when I was going and I was getting the service, it was $2,000, $2,500 every other month, you know, basically when I'm getting the service. And so quickly I'm like, well, dang, you know, I'm over here putting my hard earned money, you know, into maintenance on this car. And I'm basically over it. So I wish that those were just some of the things that I was really, really, really just understanding about. And then I'm gonna give y'all like a bonus tip, right? And you might think that this doesn't have anything to do with money, but it really does. I was always the person in my business that was so focused on the marketing. I was always so focused on the sales and, you know, bringing in the funds that all of the administrative stuff kind of was like, oh, I can hire people for that. You know, I can get people and that's all fine and dandy, but you need to make sure that you know what is going on. What I wish that I knew prior to turning 30 that relates to money still is that I wish I would have known the importance of having all of your paperwork in order and having all of your paperwork in order at all times especially as an entrepreneur. You need to understand when it's time to stop being that entrepreneur that's making a transfer from your business account to your personal account to it's time to be a W-2 employee of my company because I found that as I've gotten more into real estate and 
you know, making bigger purchases and things like that under my business name, it is so much easier if you just hand these people a W-2. When you're an entrepreneur, everybody got all these questions. Everybody thinks that it's so shaky. People don't understand that the same way that your business could go under tomorrow is the same way that that could happen to somebody that's a W-2 employee that has a job, right? So it's just a lot easier a lot of times when you're getting approved for stuff when you're using credit and financing things and stuff like that, it's so much easier when you are a W-2 employee. I'm not saying that if you're an entrepreneur, that means that you have to go and get a job. But if your business is making a certain amount of money, nine times out of 10, if your accountant has not already told you, you probably are going to be needing to file your taxes as an escort to get those tax breaks. And in order to have good standing as an escort, someone has to be on payroll. You cannot be cutting an adequate check to an employee of that company. So those are my tips. Those are the things that I wish that I knew about money prior to turning 30. If y'all are looking for more money tips or more resources, click on the link below in my notes section and I would love to help you guys out with that. Don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to share this video y'all because it's somebody that is getting ready to be their 29th birthday and they're like, oh my goodness, I'm panicking. This is my last year in my 20s. I'm about to turn 30. So share this video with them. Make sure you like the video if you love these tips and I will see y'all in the next video. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Supernaturally Paid. Do not forget to subscribe. We don't want y'all to miss out on any amazing content that we have to offer. And also don't forget to hit the link in the show notes so that you can get your free God Pays Me Masterclass. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.